0: Okay, this is, a, this is a great one. Continuing on with Taleb and ideas from Anti-Fragile. Lecturing birds how to fly. I think this is just hilarious. I don't know if he came up with it. I love but this one. He calls it the error of rationalism. He goes, consider two types of knowledge. The first type is not exactly knowledge. Its ambiguous character prevents us from calling it exactly knowledge. You were talking about this a couple of episodes ago with how do you articulate when you're selling something that you picked up on the tone of their voice? you can't really give that to someone that that awareness but we kind of call it knowledge right no. it's a way of doing that thing we cannot really express in clear language but that we do nevertheless and do well the second type is more like we call what we call knowledge so that's the more easier version of knowledge to understand it's what you acquire in school can get grades for can codify what can be explainable academ academizable rationalizable formalizable feara <laughs> Theoretizable, this guy's going to kill me. Sovietizable, <laughs> bureaucratizable, Harvardifiable, provable, etc. <laughs> the error of rationalism is simply overestimating the role and necessity of the second type. That is the academic knowledge in human affairs. This is the theme you're going to hear in every episode we go through about Taleb. Right? It is a severe error because not only much of our knowledge is not explainable, etc. All the eyesabless again, but further, that such knowledge plays such a minor life that it is not even funny. This is so this is like completely absent from the way most people think about education. Right? This is so big. <laughs> we are very likely to believe that skills and ideas that we actually acquired by doing, or that came naturally to us as we already knew by our innate biological instinct came from books, ideas, and reasoning. We get blinded by it. There may even be something in our brains that makes us suckers for the point. So, for example, you and sales, Luke, you might have, I don't know how you think about this, but you might have actually read some sales books at the time, you're getting better at it, you know, everything like that, and you just think, wow, thankfully I read those books, made me good at sales. I think this is his point. But he's saying, really? The other thing about we know about you, you're naturally curious, right? And that curiosity is definitely some part of your sales process because it's very unique. It's almost not what you'd call a sales process. And that's, that's it's some, actually something that's quite innate in you, and you've probably added a little one percenters with your reading and your continual interest and awareness in it. But again, it's probably 80 20.
1: Yeah, it's very, the biggest things I've gotten out of reading quite a few sales books is it gives you sort of a map on where to focus. So, asking a lot of questions, for example, focusing more on the other person and how you can help help them achieve and basically find what they're looking for. But everything in between, which is the conversation and the body language and everything like that is not is not clear cut. It's, it's different with every single person you talk to, every single person or company you you interact with is different they have all they all have different scenarios different use cases which you can't you can't look at before you go into the encounter and say okay this is how i'm going to approach it because it's just not it never works out like that and i've tried so many times <laughs>
0: Proceduralize to, it. to yeah. do that, Procedurized. that
1: you, you just if you have a you know it's a, it's a constant mm. process of learning but i can't I, sometimes I can't exactly. put words
0: to and what I've learned. Another point Taleb makes. No one learns their mother tongue from a textbook. Just, it's just sit so and think about that for it's a so second. Uh, and this, you know, you got to, people have to stop and realize, and the reason that they're, they're you know, you're, you're looking for this stuff almost like it's almost people do want excuses because they're afraid of their own power because it's scary going doing real things, I think. So you're often looking for reasons why you actually do need to learn more and you do need more training and all that because you, you want control and you want a process that you can follow because it just makes it easy when you think, I do this process, I'll be at this point by the age of 30. But the whole mother tongue concept, you can apply that. Well, f- firstly, how important is speaking our native language? And it's ironic. It's the thing most of us do so well, but we don't learn it from a textbook, which shows the power of what we can learn understand him and see it's a particularly absorbing period but take them aside look think of the metaphor of like what what you can what can come quite naturally to you which is actually so magical about you and assuming that it's not this thing you need to go and create but it's actually just inside you and you just need to unlock it and when you talked about the sales books i was thinking how good is that as an example where you kind of have i've We've talked about it. you have the innateness because your style of sales comes from your natural curiosity. But all these things do is actually just small but very powerful things that help you just unlock that. Someone else, it might require a different set of books or perhaps no amount of books to actually unlock it. So that's how I think about it. I make a joke about the Spanish teacher, Spanish facilitator paradox. This is my idea of humor, but I always think about this. No Spanish teacher ever tells you to go to South America or Spain to learn Spanish, but it's actually the most effective way to learn. So true fluency is hard, and the quickest way is to really immerse yourself in the environment, right? But if someone came to me trying to learn Spanish, even though I don't know Spanish, I have no biases, right? I have no story about myself being a Spanish teacher. So I would say if you really want to learn it, Go to the country. If this is more than a hobby to you, then and you really... And, you know, even the way I think about things is, like, unpacking why does someone really want to do something? Like, is it for the right reasons? Is it something that they're going to follow through on, or is it a passing whim? That's, like, that's when you have a deeper focus on things, you start to pick up on that rather than meeting people for a specific thing. And it's the irony that I only know one line in Spanish... But I would tell people to do the thing that is objectively the most effective way to learn, whereas it's the one thing that a Spanish teacher, I'm assuming, would never actually say to someone learning, to, who comes to them learning to speak Spanish. Does that make sense, or have I completely lost people? No, it yeah. makes sense. And it I know like sense. the haters, the haters will say, yeah, but, you know, you, you want to learn Spanish without having to like change your whole life and move country and all that sort of thing. And like, I completely get that. But what I'm pointing at is the asymmetry, like there's a, there's a bit of like, you go to someone and you want to learn something from them, right? And as long as if they're just looking to sell that thing, they're not going to very rarely, are they going to sit there and try and say, all right, is this is actually, should you do my writing course? oh, no, no, you don't need my writing course, just go and write. Like, I don't see that happening at a university, for example, right? I don't see anyone say, all right, I want to come do this degree at this university. Well, firstly, there's no, like, there's not always a conversation, especially in Australia. And so you get this, it's a really poor system because there's really no assessing of, like, because it'd be so hard, obviously, there's really no assessing of like, all right, do you actually need this or is this ju- are you just are – are you afraid? Or are you just not aware of how good you already are? Or, you know, insert. Like it's so hard for the – it's so hard for the vendor of an education service to really like look at you and treat you with your complete best interests at heart.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think also those – those sort of questions that probe whether or not you actually want to do something. If you don't start with those, how do you know? How do you know you're gonna you're gonna want to go through that degree, for example? Like if you, if you go in, uh, this comes back to a lot of what we were talking about earlier in the podcast. If you don't start with a solid foundation or a solid why you're doing something, or mm-hmm. that compass that you refer to, it, it's kind of gonna be yeah nowhere right. near as effective. Absolutely,
0: like exactly, and it's just the. Oh, concept. I think the takeaway for me is that when I think about this, like, I just think about you yeah, eventually, you've got to back yourself above all else. But I think I've also learned through the Taleb stuff, through other, I don't know, reading, self awareness, my own experiences, whatever the combination has been, we have such a big, this whole lecturing birds how to fly concept, we have so much of everything we need already with us. And we have a very natural tendency to look for excuses. And often we pay for education as a product to fit the story of the excuse. Right? We're so we're so like, oh, I can't actually do this. That's actually the easy way out. And so I think it could just... That's the way I apply it. And also think that this, this assumption that people naturally are very talented. Like my, my theory is that, you know, everyone has the da Vinci inside them. Like their version, Right? And so I think that that is just a, and that's the biggest way I try to apply that thinking. Yeah, but we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on.